0: Do you think they were glad they got to go home to their families? Do you think they were glad that they got to go get their jobs back? They were glad they got to go back and pull that, that pull wood in their easy boy recliner. Slide on back there, say, honey, can you bring me some sweet tea? Right? Was he glad to be home? And pie. They were glad about it but only one came back to say thank you. Because thank you isn't thank you to you. They were excited. They were thrilled about it. They They were ecstatic about it, but thankful they didn't come back to express it. And so Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give, Glory to God. How did he give glory? His gratitude. What is he saying? God did this. God healed me. You did this for me. Thank you. Thank you for healing me. Thank you. And so, Giving glory to God will require that we cultivate a a lifestyle of thanksgiving, that we don't let any good thing happen to us, that we don't stop and give Him praise about it. Stop and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing that for me. Thank you for helping me here. Thank you for rescuing me in this situation. Thank you for giving me the wisdom to know what to do. Don't just assume that it was... Luck. There is no such thing as luck for the believer. No, it was God, it was His favor, it was His goodness, it was His covenant, it was God, so give Him the glory. Now, Second Chronicles shows us an example of someone who just received an amazing gift from God and went their way as if it was no big deal. Second Chronicles chapter 32 and verse 24. In those days Hezekiah was sick to the death. Now do you remember when Isaiah talked about that God sent him to go into the king and tell the king to put your affairs in order because you're going to die. And then Isaiah leaves the king's chambers and he's walking out through the courtyard and in between the time he left the chambers and his walked through the courtyard, Hezekiah has turned his face to the wall and he's asked God for his mercy. He, Hezekiah changed his position, repented to the Lord, asked God for his mercy and God granted him an extension of life. He granted him an extension of time. And healed him. And as he- Isaiah reaches the courtyard, God says, Go back in and tell him. And he shows him this sign of the sundial being turned back. And so this is what this is referring to Hezekiah was sick to the death. None of the physicians in the kingdom could heal him, there was no cure for what he had. God had already sent. Isaiah to tell him, you're going to die, put your house in order. It wasn't God doing it, but God was letting him know, put your house in order. And so Hezekiah, it says, he prayed to the Lord and he spoke to him and he gave him a sign. So God healed him and gave him a sign that it was God who healed him. But the next verse is something for us to consider. It says, Hezekiah rendered not again to the benefit done to him. He rendered not again to the benefit done to him. Can you show me the amplified? The amplified of verse 25. Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit. The Amplified says, Hezekiah did not make return to the Lord. Return. God had done something for him, and there was something Hezekiah was supposed to return. There was an appropriate return. An appropriate in line, it says, according to. According to. There was a return that that had a measurement in line with what he had received. Let's say, for instance, that, that you walked up to someone and you said, hey, here's $20. I want to buy your lunch today. And you give them $20 and they say, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That is so nice of you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. But then... Take another example. What if somebody walked up and said, they pull out their checkbook and they say, I'd like to pay off your house today. Would you give them the same thank you that you would give somebody for the $20 to buy your lunch? Would it be a different measurement of thank you? Hallelujah. I'm reminded of when... Ed Dufresne, Dr. Ed Dufresne, his plane went down over Kansas. And and when he left this world, there was things in his ministry, buildings that he was in the middle of building projects. There was a lot that he had going on on the line. And someone, the moment they heard about his plane going down overnighted, the moment they heard, overnighted $100,000 to the Dufranes ministry. When the plane had gone down, I believe it was a Friday, Pastor Nancy had gone in and asked the woman who was in charge of the financial department, she said, where are we? And she said, we didn't make last week's payroll. Today is payday and we don't have it for this week either. And so Pastor Nancy, this was on a Monday morning after the plane had gone down on Friday. She's there on Monday morning. So she said, I'm going to go home and paint my nails because I am not in charge of paying God's bills. I'm going to go home. There's nothing I can do about it. It's not in my purse. So I'm going to go home and paint my nails. She said, I turned on HGTV and started painting my nails because I was not going to give place to the thoughts that wanted to bombard my mind at that moment. And a few, uh, within an hour, I believe, when Francine called her back, she said, Pastor Nancy, I got a message, t- I got in the mail today an overnighted package with a check for $100,000. And Pastor Nancy said, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. And she said, call the staff together. She said, I'm going to let you, since you had to tell them we couldn't make payroll last Friday, I'm going to let you make the announcement. And so when they gathered all the staff together and they were able to tell them what the Lord had done uh, and that they were going to be getting paid and back pay for what they were were, uh, still in arrears for, she said... That gift made such an impact in their ministry, they never had lack again. They have continually, from that time, increased. But she said, I still will do things sporadically throughout the year to send to that minister thank you cards. She said, I'll send him a box of steaks to that minister who said, I just felt led of the Lord. He didn't have to wait two days. He didn't have to wait and pray about it. The moment he heard, he responded and it impacted that ministry and rescued that ministry at a time that the enemy would have loved to have caused such a a despair because of that situation. God was able to comfort them with that. But my point is, she still to this day continually sends thanks to that ministry for how they helped her and her ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She's looking for ways to let that ministry know, I still appreciate what you've done. According to, Hezekiah did not render according to, he did not make return to the Lord. The nine did not make The proper return. Only one came back to make a return and Jesus called it giving glory to God. The New Living of verse 29, New Living Translation says, Hezekiah did not respond appropriately. So there is an appropriate response for us to return to the Lord and that's giving glory to God. It's our gratitude, it's our lifted voice, it's our words to Him, it's our recognition, He did that. He didn't have to do it, but He did. He didn't have to do it. Lord, You're so good to me. Thank You, thank You, thank You, thank You, thank You. So notice that there is an appropriate return and it's called giving glory to God. Psalm chapter 50 and verse 23. We want to know how to give glory to God. Psalm chapter 50 and verse 23. Whoso offers praise glorifies me. How do we give glory to God? Whoso offers praise. glorifies me and to him that orders his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. So this offering of praise is giving God glory as well as being thankful, verbalizing our thanks, lifting our voice with, with praises and thanksgiving. This is a way that we glorify God. So it may not necessarily even be about the thing you're believing for. You're not limited just to stay right there on that one thing that you're believing for and say, Father, I believe you that I'm the healed. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. But it is a fresh uh, expression of praise. Lord, you're so good to me. Thank you for your favor. Lord, you're a covenant-keeping God. Thank you for your covenant. You are so faithful to me. Lord, you've been faithful. Amen? You're offering praise. Now, I I like to look at Hebrews chapter 13 as well when I'm uh, recognizing this offering of praise because I want you to see it clearly. uh, Hebrews 13, 15. I want you to be accurate in this because there have been some times that, that sometimes it gets... Uh, taken over to mean something that is not uh, in line with what the Word of God is telling us here. Hebrews 13, 15, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. The sacrifice of praise to God is what? The fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. And this is what I mean by sometimes people have taken it to mean something different. They look at the word sacrifice and they bring it into our society's uh, meaning for that was really a sacrifice for me to do that, meaning that was a hardship for me. That was difficult for me. And they want to pull that into this scripture and say, yeah, it's when it's hard for you to praise God. That, that sacrifice of praise where there's you don't want to be praising God, you don't feel like praising God, but praise the Lord. It's a sacrifice to me. Scripturally, a sacrifice is your best scripturally, bringing a sacrifice to God was bringing your best to God, bringing your first to God, bringing Him something that was was meaningful to you, that was of value to you. It doesn't mean the sacrifice of praise is praising God when I don't feel like praising Him. Oh, it was a sacrifice for me to praise Him. It's never a sacrifice for me to praise the one who washed me in his blood. That's never a hardship for me. That's never a hardship. Are there times that my flesh might not feel like it? Who is listening to their flesh? Is anybody in here listening to your flesh to obey the word? I don't think so. We don't check our flesh to find out if today's a good day to pray. We don't check with our flesh to find out is this the day that the Lord has made. No, no, no. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This isn't about a sacrifice for me to praise because my flesh was having a bad day. The sacrifice of praise is the fruit of our lips giving thanks. That's what the sacrifice of praise is. It's bringing our joy to Him, bringing our, our zeal to Him. Yes, there's a disciplining of the flesh. Yes, there's a putting under of the flesh. Your flesh doesn't always feel like praising. Your flesh doesn't always feel like lifting your hands or lifting your voice. But we don't consult our flesh to act out the spiritual instructions of God. We consult the Word, and the Word tells us this is an appropriate response. So when in Nehemiah's day, in Nehemiah chapter 8, when that verse that we so often refer to, the joy of the Lord is your strength, they had just read the Scripture. The people were crying, and the leaders were saying, no, 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 that's not the appropriate response. They wanted to cry, but they said, No, 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 that's not the appropriate response. This is a day that's holy to the Lord. We will rejoice. And so you need to be prepared for the building. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So don't cry, rejoice. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Scripture says, What are we going to do? I will rejoice. Why? Because it's a. Day. if you can find a day that He didn't make. But every day is a day the Lord has made, so every day rejoicing is appropriate. Amen. Why? We're talking about strong in faith giving glory to God. How do I remain strong in faith? Well, faith doesn't consult its feelings either. How do I stay strong in faith? I maintain the other spiritual flows that help me strengthen my faith, that help me to provide the spiritual nutrition and the spiritual elements for me to stand, the spiritual elements for me to be able to overcome, for me to be able to keep my eyes on the the ability of God to move in my situation, I've got to shut the volume off on my flesh. If my flesh has my ear, it's going to be singing the hee-haw blues. (laughs) Gloom, despair, and agony on you. (laughs) I don't listen to my flesh because it does not have the truth in it, it's not giving me the, the, the impulses or the motivation that's going to lead me into the fullness of the faith. So what have I got to listen to? I've got to listen to what the, the Word says, what the Spirit says. And He says, Rejoice in the Lord when? Amen. Every day is an appropriate day to rejoice. So it's not a sacrifice in the way of a hardship to worship or to praise or to give Him thanks. Amen. So the sacrifice is not a hardship, it's our offering. The Amplified says, Through Him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times, constantly and at all times, offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, an offering of praise. Is that what Psalm 50 said? He who offers praise glorifies me. Let us offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips, that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify His name. Praise requires verbal action. We've got to employ our mouth. We've got to have the atmosphere in our home supercharged with praise. We need the atmosphere in our car supercharged with praise. We need to be speaking words of praise, words of thanksgiving. Make it a lifestyle. Open up your mouth throughout the day. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I, 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 it's something that is just second nature to me now. It was so foreign to me when I first got saved because I had not been in a church that lifted their... I would not been in any church. I had been in, in the streets, in the, in the drug houses, in the bars. I would not ever been in church. And here I come to church and there, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. But I had to develop this lifestyle of constantly speaking out words of praise and now when I do it, it's not something that I'm always um, mentally aware of. And other people, like I've, I've been around family members maybe who aren't Christians and they're like, what would you say? It shocks them that I, I was like, oh, I just said praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because it's something that I'm, I'm working to have a continual flow of thanksgiving and praise coming out of my mouth. The fruit of the lips... The Amplified says that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Hosea 14. Hosea 14. And I'm going to want the Amplified at verse 1. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for you have fallen by your iniquity. I'm in King James, but I'm gonna you stay right there and amplify. Uh, take with you words and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. Now amplify. Now, what does that mean? Calves of our lips. It's they're using this as a way of expression. Now, Amplified helps us. uh, Back up to the previous slide, if you would, please, sir. Um, Due to your iniquity, verse 2, Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to Him, Take away all our iniquity, accept what is good, and receive us graciously, so will we render our thanks. See that rendering? Returning. Returning. Returning to the Lord, render our thanks as bullocks to be sacrificed. So they were using this analogy, this this expression to use the praises of their lips as a way of of saying just like they sacrifice the bulls or sacrifice the animals, our praises, our, our giving thanks are like those sacrifices. That giving thanks, one more time, that previous verse, we will render our thanks as bullocks to be sacrificed. We will render our thanks as an offering or as a sacrifice to you. How do we glorify God? Giving thanks. How do we glorify God? Offering praises. So this Idea of joy is often something people keep in one certain category. They say joy is for when great things happen. But I'm seeing that joy helps great things happen. <laughs> I'm seeing that Abraham used joy, that rejoicing, to help him maintain his Faith strength. He used joy in a time that before there was anything to rejoice about, he was using joy as a tool. He was using joy as a weapon. And when we begin to identify in the Scripture, for instance, let's look at First Peter, that joy is something that needs to be put to work, not just when something happens that I'm responding with joy, but that I'm allowing that joy to provide the strength while I'm facing difficult situations. 1 Peter, let's look first of all at chapter 1 and verse 5. 1 Peter 1, 5 who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day, wherein you greatly rejoice. Kept by the power of God through what? Faith unto salvation. So faith, they're kept by the power through what? So faith that's going to work out for their salvation or work out for their rescue, work out to bring them out of this, and so in you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. Many-faceted, multi-faceted difficulties. What are they doing in the middle of multi-faceted difficulties? Greatly rejoicing this is what they're doing while they're under attack while they're facing adversity while they're dealing with situations and circumstances that are hard on the mind and hard on the flesh and hard on the emotions how are they spiritually responding to this so that they could stay in faith that would bring them out greatly rejoicing Greatly, Not not a little bit of rejoicing, not random rejoicing, not every once in a while rejoicing. They pulled out the big guns. They got great rejoicing going on. They They are rejoicing at another level. Why? Because the joy brings strength. And rejoicing is to do your joy again. If you repaint something, you paint something that's been painted once before. If you rewrite something, you write something that's been written once before. If you rejoice, you're doing a joy that you've done in the past, but you need to do it again because you need a steady flow coming into your situation of strength to bring spiritually the fortitude to help you stay in faith. Greatly rejoicing. Now let's also look at chapter 4. Wait, wait, wait. Go back. I'm not done at 1 Peter 1. Stay in 1. You greatly rejoice that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trial of your faith. Your faith being put to the test. What's, what are we wanting to see out of it? When your faith is under fire, when your faith is under pressure, what, what, what is He wanting? That it might be found unto praise, and honor, and glory. Verse 8, whom having not seen, speaking of Jesus, having not seen, you love him, in whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You haven't seen, but you're doing what? You're believing and what? You're believing and... You rejoice. You're believing and you rejoice. If you're in faith, we need to hear the sound of joy coming from your house. If you're in faith, what are you going to sound like? There's going to be a lot of rejoicing going on. You you are believing. You rejoice with joy unspeakable. And what's in the joy? Glory. Glory full of glory because what happens when you're rejoicing and offering praise to him He's, you're giving him glory so there's glory in the joy so if the atmosphere in your home is saturated with joy there's glory in your home if you need the, the situation if it's heavy and you know depression is real it's a, there's a heaviness that the enemy brings with oppression and depression that comes on people and they feel it. Well, you know what? Out of your spirit, you begin to rejoice and there's more strength in your joy and it will lift that depression up off you. It'll push it out of the room. It, 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 the depression cannot overcome the joy of the Lord which is your strength, if you'll let joy be the main flow, it'll continually flush that depression and flush that oppression out of the atmosphere. So if your home begins to feel heavy, if you're dealing with situations and it just seems dark and you just want to pull the covers up and turn the lights off and begin to cry, then you need to recognize that's not going to help me right now. That's not going to give me the strength. If you if you begin that crying, you're going to grow weaker. You're going to become more sad. You're going to just be, be uh, uh, yielding to that. But if instead you'll begin to say, I can at least lift my hands and say, Lord, you've been good to me. And and just start right there. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Lord, that if I leave this earth, I'm going to be instantly in your presence. And then just begin to think. Put your mind... If you'll keep your mind stayed on Him, He'll keep you in perfect peace. So this... Rejoicing is not just for when things happen that invoke us or provoke in us a response of happiness. Yes, praise God, when things happen, I'm going to rejoice. But most of the time you see me dancing, I'm dancing about something. I'm not dancing because of something that I can see yet. I'm dancing because I'm believing. I'm dancing because I believe God's faithful to do what He said He would do in that situation. I'm dancing because He's already spoke to me. And I'm dancing in advance. I'm rejoicing in advance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A a lot of the times that I'm rejoicing, it's, it's just because of who He is. Rejoicing isn't about what's going on. If you only rejoice when something goes on, you're missing the whole point of joy. Rejoicing, is he, it's about Him, and He never changes. And since He never changes, my joy doesn't ever have to change. <laughs> my rejoicing never has to go up and down and, 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 and head, hit low levels. No, because He hasn't changed. Amen. And I'm rejoicing in Him. He is my joy. So it says, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Verse 9. What happens when I'm believing and rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory? I am receiving the end of my faith. What my faith is producing, when am I receiving it? When I'm believing and rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I am receiving. Hallelujah. So with joy you shall draw water... Out of the wells of salvation, Isaiah chapter 12 says. With joy you shall draw out of the well. With joy... You shall draw out the well of rescue. With joy, you'll draw out of the wells of salvation. You'll draw the living water out. You'll draw out the strength that you need. You'll draw out the help that you need. You'll draw out the wisdom that you need. Joy is a container that reaches into a place that nothing else is going to reach into. Hallelujah. So when do I need that? Only when something good happens to provoke me to joy? No, I need it when I am dealing with these multifaceted difficulties. Okay, now go to chapter 4. Chapter 4 and verse 12. 1 Peter 4. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you what do you do rejoice don't sit around and say why is this happening to me why is this happening? no no don't think that's strange and don't waste time asking all those questions rejoice Rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when His glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So he said the way to deal with the fiery trial is with joy. Can we see some examples of it? Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verse forty. And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, (laughs) they were beaten for preaching in Jesus' name and healing the man at the gate beautiful. When they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing. How do they deal with this attack? With joy. With joy. How do we deal with the attacks? With joy. How do we deal with multifaceted temptations and adversities? We rejoice. Acts chapter 16, verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang the blues, prayed and cried, Woe is me! Prayed, and, and begged God to get them out of this situation. No. They prayed, and they got glad about it. I'm glad about it. I'm glad about it. I'm not glad about what I've just gone through, but I'm glad about the one I serve. I'm glad about my name being written down in the Lamb's book of life. I'm, I'm glad about that covenant I have sealed with His blood. I'm glad. I still have something to be glad about. I'm glad that I'm not alone. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I'm glad. They sang praises unto God. So they're giving glory to God. Whoever offers praises glorifies me. So in the middle of their difficult situation, they are praising God. And what happens? We know there was an earthquake that only affected the locks and their bondages. A supernatural manifestation of the liberation power of God to set them free. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 20. I'm moving through them fast because I just want you to see the response because I want you to know how to respond in difficult situations. If you'll learn this, it, you'll come through things so much easier. You'll, you'll come through it with strength and not have to hang on with the knot at the end of the rope. We're not survivors. We're overcomers. We're more than conquerors. We're not just trying to hold on. We're not coming up the rough side of the mountain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. Second Chronicles chapter 20. They were surrounded by armies and Jehoshaphat began to seek God and when he prayed... He didn't pray sad prayers. It says he set himself to seek the Lord in verse 3. And then we began to see how he prayed. Verse 6. O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? That's a great way to start talking to God when you're surrounded by the enemy. Just... Talk to God about how big God is. How amazing He is. How powerful He is. You are the God in heaven and you rule over all the kingdoms of the heathen. And in your hand is there not power and might. We're not talking about, God, did you see how many armies there are encamped against us? He hadn't even. He's not even bringing that up. Not even not even talking the details. God knows. God knows. He doesn't need the details. He doesn't need you to read the Web MD report off the Google search you made. He doesn't need for you to rehearse to him how many other people in your family have been diagnosed with that. He doesn't need you to rehearse all of the what ifs and what could. What is helping you at this time is to give glory to God because there's strength. And so that's what Jehoshaphat is doing. He's glorifying God. In your hand, is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand you? Are you not our God? Now he's bringing him. You're my God. You're bringing him personal to me. You're on my side. I'm on your side. We're, we're in this together, Lord. Lord. Are you not our God who, drive, who did drive out the inhabitants of this land? Now he's rehearsing what God has done. You did drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and you gave it to the seed of Abraham, your friend, forever. And they dwell therein and have built you a sanctuary then for your name, saying, If when evil comes upon us as the sword, judgment or pestilence or famine... We stand before this house and in your presence for your name is in this house and then we cry unto you in our affliction, then you will hear and help. Now he's saying, I'm doing what you told me to do. When we are under attack, you told me to come here and to call upon you. And now behold, now he's finally got to the issue. He's finally dealing with the problem. But now the problem seems so small in comparison to how great and mighty God is. Do you see that? Because when you're rejoicing, you magnify Him. When you're rejoicing and worshiping God, you magnify Him. And then your problem looks smaller and God looks larger. God looks greater. The more you rehearse what He's already done, the more you, you see Him bigger in your estimation. You see His faithfulness. If you keep your mouth shut and the oppression and the worry and the pressure, if you let that have its operation without any... Resi- Joy is a resistance against those things if you don't lift up that joy and begin to resist those pressures and that oppression, then you're, you're, you're not using your defense mechanism. You're not accessing the strength that's available. So we see Jehoshaphat has given us an example. He started out with exalting God, glorifying God, uh, recognizing God's ability. And then he gets down and talks about the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came up out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, But our eyes are on you. I'm depending on you, Lord. I'm trusting in you. We're coming to you. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. And then a man of God, Jehaziel, stood up and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he says... Hearken ye, all Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you king Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness in Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. And you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe His prophets, so shall you prosper. And when He had consulted with the people, He appointed singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out. Let me tell you what I don't see. I don't see God telling them to send the praisers out. God told them they won't need to fight. But in all that word that came from the Spirit of the Lord, He never said, you send the praisers out. No. They decided to do that right here in verse 21. When He consulted with the people, He, Jehoshaphat, appointed singers that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and that they were to say, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Why would he choose to do that? The reason is what he just said, Believe God. But if if we believe God... We're not going to fight, so why would I send out the archers? And why would I send out the, the, the cattle, cavalry? Why would I send out the, the people with the swords? If God said we don't need to fight, well, let's just, let's just go ahead and praise Him.